2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about Blizzard and the games that we love that they make, which is, you know, kind of the whole purpose. It isn't just us standing around watching their corporate headquarters. That would just be weird. Uh, That's what I do.
2: Was I supposed to be doing something else?
0: Uh, You're allowed to do whatever you want because you're the editor-in-chief and you can pretty much whatever you can do. Oh, that's right. Yes, you have all the power. You can go, you can wander around your house naked if you want to.
2: That's Wait, you can do that anyway?
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. I I go around naked in my house. It's my house. What That's do double can? disgusting. Anyway, uh, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm the host. So with me this week, as always, two splendiferous co-hosts. Yes, right, splendiferous. I haven't used splendiferous before. I don't think. First up, um, she writes just about everything and edits up a storm. So, Ann Stickney. Ann, what have you been up to?
1: Well, I was tweeting the show. Now it's there been. Um, what have I been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. I I didn't log in to get my Garrison stuff yesterday and I'm feeling kind of guilty about that. Oops. Oh, well. Um, I was on the Girls Gone Wow podcast over the weekend. That was fun. We did a two and a half hour show because I don't know when to shut up.
0: Do you you know when it'll be out so people can hear it?
1: It's actually out already. If you go to girlsgonewow.net, it's on there and it's available for download. Okay, cool. And we talked mostly lore. There was there were some other questions about various things. They did a little interview. We had a lot of fun. So I love that show. Awesome, great.
2: I don't think well, I'd be able to talk anymore after two and a half hours. I mean, I, I can. You,
1: you know me. You've I know been you on can. a car trip with me twice. I can just go on forever.
0: It's true. All <laughs> uh, oh, since he you know he's interjected himself twice now. Um Let's just go right straight to him. Alex, what's up? Hi. Uh,
2: nothing much. How are you, Matt?
0: Actually, it's funny. I've been playing more World of Warcraft lately. Really? Uh, I had, I'd never actually stopped, but I was playing it a lot less. But lately, I've actually been logging on every day, doing the garrison stuff. Uh, I've tried to do a dungeon a day, even though, quite frankly, dungeons are not at all rewarding. There's no reason to do them. But I do them anyway just because I feel bad. I actually feel bad for the dungeons and no one runs them. The like little deserted ghost towns full of content going, why won't you play me? And we're like, I'm sorry, dungeons, but you don't do anything. I get better gear at LFR and there's no point to collecting a bunch of garrison resources in this fashion. I don't need them. Sorry. Do you get
2: resources from dungeons?
0: Yeah, you if you run, you, yeah, you run the first dungeon, you get like, uh, if you just run a random one, you get like so many garrison resources. And then there's the garrison resource quest that you get in your garrison. Oh, Let's I know see. they added
2: the, the quest.
1: I'm already capped just with the missions, so I don't like.
0: I'm not capped, but it's like I stay at exactly around the same amount. Like I fluctuate between fifteen hundred and two thousand, and that's just where I stay. Like the amount I spend and the amount I bring in is about the same. I'm not going up, I'm not going down. So it's like I, I, if you never, if if you never spend them on anything, you don't need them for anything. Yeah, you know, it's just I yeah. just every,
1: every now and again I will go get more of those trait reroller tokens. Um, just to bring to it back down hunter. under 10k. And yeah, hopefully to get another treasure hunter. Hasn't worked yet. <laughs>
2: what if my alts somehow lucked out and has like seven followers with scavenger?
1: It mm-hmm. just worked out that way? Yeah, I've got so a So
2: she gets so many resources, it's stupid. So I ended up building a trading post just to dump resources into like fur or whatever's selling on the auction house on any particular day because yeah. she gets so many resources it's stupid I can cap resources in a week
1: when I've yeah. got when I get the the missions where it's like oh you get a chunk of resources, like it's 200 resources or whatever you know where it's like one mm-hmm. of those missions where you get a, a substantial number yeah I will pack it full of people and I will turn it around and I'll have like fifteen hundred resources for the yep. mission or whatever yeah it's
0: for me it's just been I've been doing those uh, I've been running dungeons I did um Heroic uh, BRF the other night and didn't do too terribly, but the problem I have is that my gear isn't bad, but I don't have any, like, set bonuses either. So it's kind of like you really need the set bonuses to maximize what you're doing, but I don't have them, so just kind of messing around. But it was fun. I had a good See, time. I got... The problem is I had sick. Uh. No, it's fine. I just, I got sick in the middle of the run. And in the old days, I would have just tried to power through it. i mean, like, no, I gotta stay. But I'm so much more casual about it now that I'm like, guys, um, I gotta go. I'm sorry, but I, I, I need See, to do horrible things. So
2: I like that part of being casual. If yeah. I feel like crap, I'm leaving. Peace out.
0: Yeah.
1: Bye. Yeah.
0: I just I just you know, but I, that was that was my week. And wow, I've actually played quite a bit. I haven't like I haven't gotten back into transmog farming because I don't need anything.
1: I don't like, have room for anything. I
0: don't have room either, but I also, like, I don't have anything left I want. Like, I got <laughs> everything. Like, there's one sword I want out of Carazon, and that's it.
1: I have, like, the perfect set, transmog set right now for my character, and it's so perfect that I don't want to get another one. I just I just want her in that indefinitely, maybe even right. till the next expansion. Don't know.
0: I fluctuate between sets that I like, but... For me, it's mostly about weapons. Like, I, I I put on a set that just looks coherent together, and I'm fine. But for me, it's about weapons. Like, you know, I, I go, obviously, I always go back to Ashkandi, but it's like half the time I'm like, ooh, I want to wear this weapon. Do I have it? Yeah, I do. See, I the
1: problem go. with that is the only thing that I can transmog to is daggers. So I'm really limited in scope as to what I can cart around. Yeah, they. Did, I got to admit, they didn't
0: transmog for like warriors and paladins and dk is a huge service because they made it so you can transmog um swords axes maces pole arms and staves all to each other
1: right and you can't you can't i mean if you're playing an assassination rogue you yeah. use daggers that's the only weapon you can use is daggers And they don't, um, even, let you, they don't even let you do fists to daggers no you can't do fists to, to daggers you can't so. do swords to daggers no it's just daggers that's it daggers to daggers it's very boring Yeah, my problem with
2: <laughs> transmog is I, I always am like yeah I really like this set I'm going to go get it and I realize I only envision my characters in one particular set so yeah. even if I get other stuff I'm never going to use it so why get it <laughs> Yeah,
0: for me, it's it, I definitely use multiple sets. Um, it, but it's funny because I mean, first off, warriors have better tier sets than other classes. This is just not disputable. Uh, most of the classes have one really good transmog set or two, depending on your class. Yeah,
1: I think um, the one rogues, I use rogues in my have calendar. a really
0: good is tier. Rogues have an amazing tier two.
2: That's like, I mean, one mm-hmm. of the best. It's, yeah. I it's, don't
1: it's, actually use tier two. Do you use tier is, one then. Those no, old the sets
2: one... look so dated now. Yeah, it's so low res compared to other things that like it's noticeably bad whereas they used to be like the best.
1: What I'm doing right now is I have cobbled together this this like set that looks like um my my nice little troll rogue is wearing a loincloth cuz the belt works as a loincloth for whatever reason, the belt from like current content and then like the boots and everything else all it like it all came together and it looks really good. And, and I don't want to do anything else with it. I've got like the horrid, chestplate thing and everything out. It, it just it meshes together really well. I'm like, okay, she looks like a cool horrid assassin. I'm going to keep her like that for a while. So I haven't I haven't flipped her transmog, and I haven't felt like going to get anything else. When I was playing, when 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 I had her as a blood elf, I changed it like every three days.
2: <laughs> My paladin My- uses that blue rocky set that I don't think anybody else in the world likes using. Mm. But I just I just like the vibrant blue and it has a
1: texture. I think it's pretty though. I like the that. Catacly- it's the
0: Cataclysm Starter Set, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so, I, I have I mean, that set, I like but... Judgment. I like Lightbringer, but they're so low res compared to everything else these days. That that blue set has an actual texture that I love. Yeah,
0: see, see, for me, it's I mix tier six and tier ten half the time. Half the time, I use Warrior tier six for the head and shoulders, and gloves and boots. And then I use Tier 10 chest chestplate, belt, and legs. And that's one set that I use, that I've put together. Uh, mm-hmm. The other set I have um, is a complete Draenei set, because they have that Draenei reputation gra- faction in this expansion that gives you the same set as the guards that Karabor wear. Yeah. So I have that, and I wear that with a couple of swords that I got from uh, Wrath, actually, the Claremore the Prophet, which is yeah. a Draenei-looking two-hander. I use those with that, and then I have the... Uh, I, I'm not actually a paladin, but I play one on TV set, which is two hammers in the Naru, And then the, as close as I can, mostly tier, like tier six pally, tier five pally pieces that are lookalikes. Okay. And I've got that mixed together. I have this See, like neat crown.
2: That situation calls for purple judgment.
1: Yeah. No, I would never wear purple judgment. See, I don't have purple judgment, but I've got like the teal judgment set on my rogue, the leather one that was Oh from, yeah, from the scourge event. It was, yeah, it was like the wrath launch event. It, it, you got the sets. I I hung on to my sets, and I'm so glad that I did because now I can actually use them for transmog. And it's like, look, I'm a paladin, only I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <I> anyway,
2: think, <laughs> like every class in the game got judgment during that event or something. Oh, they absolutely. Got, yeah.
1: Everybody got a recolor of the judgment set. It was that teal recolor, and it came out in every armor yeah, did, did the rogue one have the shoulders that looked right? Yeah. Or did they?
0: Okay,
1: cause well, no, they the had one. like they were they were they didn't look like the judgment shoulders. They were just like capped shoulders that were teal but they didn't have yeah. like blades but, on them. the like, plate, the set, the plate set actually had the shoulders yeah and i yeah. read it's every day not that a set i got of rid shoulders of it. it just wasn't the yeah. it didn't look like the plate shoulders um, we should probably
0: move on because if not we'll talk about transmog <laughs> for another 25 minutes yep. yeah i
1: was i was gonna say though because news did you see um 6.2 they're actually coming out with another draenei transmog set you I can get the that. cloth. You can get the cloth priest set from Caraborn. Oh, that's, that's why I didn't say that because I don't care cloth. Yeah, <laughs> it's cloth. Now that's that's the thing that I wanted to talk about though, because here we've got you know plate and cloth. Well, where's the stuff for the male and the leather wearers? Do those Drenai don't know. Honestly, I think that the, for the for the Drenai set, the plate
0: stuff should step down to male for male wearers. Yeah. Um, as far as the the cloth look, maybe should step up to leather.
1: Either that or they work. should release some kind of an official Rangari set that's leather and knit, yeah. you yeah. know? You can,
2: the the armor that the Rangari wear, you can actually get those pieces. They're just greens. Yeah. But it doesn't look right on anybody but Draenei, I feel. And yeah. on Draenei, that helmet makes them look like Protoss. And it's, it's weird. so weird.
0: <laughs> yes, but, we, but it's also awesome. Yeah. All right, we should probably talk about some news Um Heroes of the Storms launches today, I think, or tomorrow. Tomorrow. It'll be, t- be t- today when you hear this, yeah.
1: Yeah, by the time they hear the show. It will be out. Heroes is out. Hooray!
0: And uh, today, today they released a really cool video for the Crusader, Joanna. Is that her name, Joanna? Joanna. Yeah. And that was that's pr- actually a really good video. A lot of the The thing about the Heroes videos is a lot of them are really good and kind of make you wish they did videos like this for their other games, but they don't, so whatever. Uh, but that was out today, so if you're if you're keeping track of heroes or interested, you know.
1: I want to know I, who the voice actress was for that.
0: I think it was the same one, wasn't it? I thought it was the same one who did it in the
1: in, the, in Diablo. Who did it in Diablo? Who was that? I I'd have to look it Whoever up. Whoever she is, she's cool. So, if you guys want to talk for a couple seconds, I can look it up. Nah, that's cool. I'll look it up later. What
2: I've been looking for for reasons that I will not disclose yet. Um, I've been looking at the. Uh, Heroes of the Storm character models a lot today and the different skins. Mm-hmm. Those character models, some of them are really good. And when you're actually playing the game, you will never know. <laughs>
1: you don't see all those little the, tiny details.
2: It's like isometric or top-down, whatever. And the characters are teeny tiny on screen and you barely see anything of them. But when you see the full character model like taking up your screen, they're awesome character models. Like They're they they look awesome. They would look good in like a full RPG.
0: It's actually interesting. You know, that's the same thing with Diablo three though. Like Diablo three character models look pretty good if you actually see them up close, which you almost never do. Right. It's you know kind of funny. But yeah, that's that was this week. Is there anything else? Like, am I missing something? I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, the the Q and A is this week.
2: Yeah, yep. this uh, Saturday.
0: Yes. This Saturday, June 6th, uh, Ian Hezekostas is doing a live Q&A. Uh, post-up on, on Blizzard Watch right now, and it'll still be there somewhere when, when you hear this. The, to, you know, links to the various ways you can put your question in. But basically, it's ask on Twitter. Uh, you ask at Warcraft. Um, you just use the uh, hashtag Warlords Q A, and you ask your question. Obviously, it has to be the size of a tweet. If you want to ask on the forums, they have a forum post for it, but... When you ask on the forums, you have to keep your questions to 40 words or less, or they will not look at them, because <gasps> they, they don't want people writing novels. And we, we, I think we can sympathize, because we get some real long emails. Oh, okay. the, I uh, totally the female
2: crusader is Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who did uh, Major Kusanagi in Ghost in the Shell.
1: Yeah, see, and where I recognize her from, she was Maria in Silent Hill 2, but more recently, she was Queen Metallica in Sailor Moon Crystal. Which, by the way, is kind of good. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. But I totally recognize her voice. I was like, "Where have I heard her before?" I know. Oh, she was Nina Williams in Tekken
0: Blood Vengeance, one See? of my
1: favorite animes. Do
0: See? you know why Tek- Tekken Blood Vengeance is hilarious? Because it's really
1: bad. It's yeah, and I mean, like she she did. Man, she's got a lot of stuff that she's done. She's done a yeah. lot of things. I,
2: I think every voice actor um that does any kind of animation or video games ends up in everything. There yeah. doesn't seem to be a lot of them or the ones that are good are in everything.
1: The ones that oh, are yeah. good are used like all the time. But yeah, she she did like she she did a lot of um stuff for Silent Hill. That's that's where I recognize her voice from primarily. Yeah. Like uh I Shana just, I just I...
2: Proudmore's voice actress, Laura Bailey, for a long time she just did anime like Dragon Ball Z. And then just a few years back, she completely exploded and she's in everything. Which is you know, fine by me because I think Laura Bailey's awesome.
0: That's because Laura Bailey actually does video voice directing. She she's actually been, is she's she's the voice director in a lot of the stuff that she does. So that's another thing you should keep in mind. She's I not was, just an actress.
1: I know I was amazed when I was playing um, Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden a character showed up and I'm like, that's Jaina. That's Jaina. Why am I listening to Jaina? You look really (laughs) different.
0: I I got freaked out when I was playing Inquisition and I realized that Liara was the voice of the little dwarf lady who was giving me advice. Right.
1: Right.
2: Laura (laughs) Bailey's best role is the boss in Saints Row. Yes.
0: Uh, I can't really disagree, but I was going to say my favorite favorite voice actor, gotcha moment, is the very opening of Diablo 3 when Captain, whatever his name is, starts talking to you, and you're like, I know you! Oh my <laughs> god, you're that guy! And it, it took me forever to realize it was Colin from Dragon Age. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But alright, we should move on to do some emails. Um, as always, if you have an email you would like us to answer, send it to um, podcast at blizzardwatch.com um, we'll, we'll look at pretty much anything, any any Blizzard game. If we don't know the answer, we will you know do our best to find out for you. Uh, we'll talk about lore, we'll talk about game mechanics, we'll talk about um, the F word, which in this case has a starts with an F and then goes L I G H T. We'll talk about that if you want. Um,
2: What's flickit?
1: <laughs> flickit.
0: Oh God. Anyway, um, the first email is from Tiergard from Ysera, and the email is. What do you think of the longevity of garrisons, especially with the in-gold missions? Consider all the gold you could get with the in-on alts, plus followers with the treasure hunter trait going into new expansions. Uh, Tear God Sarah. I'm going to let you guys talk because I have an opinion about this, but it's fairly short.
1: So. I think that once we get to a new expansion, the mission thing is going to shut down, and or the gold rewards are going to be removed entirely. Brutally I don't think- nerfed. Yeah, brutally nerfed, like, so hard, so hard, because unless they're taking that into the next expansion, uh uh-uh, no, they're not going to leave that there as a way to make perpetual gold. You saw them do it. They've done this before with, they do it all the time with the old raids and things like that. They kind of cut back on the amount of gold that you get from raid drops, so you can't go back there and just farm perpetually for gold or whatever, so I'm... I'm expecting they're going to do kind of the same thing with garrison. Don't
2: they usually, uh, don't they nerf the XP given by daily quests when the next expansion hits? Therefore, yes. the XP translating to gold means less gold?
1: Yep. Yeah. Something like that. Yes.
0: I'm going to say that my opinion is that they should do that. Yeah. That they should absolutely should not make it so that the garrison... Unless they work the garrison into the next expansion where there's new missions and new followers, right? And they change the cap and it's still a, a vital part of the expansion, um, I think they should do that because you, you do. Imagine if you had to go back to Pandaria right now, oh, you had to just to do your game. You know what I mean? Do the farming,
1: yep. go plant your seeds because you need the buff. Food. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, oh, it's,
0: it's 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 fine to have that when you're when the game is current and that's the current content. Um, I might. I have my own opinion about how how much garrisons are involved in Endgame and how much they should be, but I'm <sighs> absent of that. You That's know, an
1: editorial just, I still need yeah. to write.
0: <laughs> absent of that, you know, it's still it's fine to have the gold making power of the of the garrison now. But having it be something you're like still doing at level one ten or one twenty or whatever the next expansion is. Mm-mm. No. Un- unless they make it so that, you know, I don't know, at the end of this expansion, Draenor blows up and now you and your floating garrison are like traveling the cosmos. <laughs> You know, you put a big gun on the front space of it. Bubble. No, yeah, <laughs> but you know, otherwise, yeah, I think it should be nerfed. It should you should not have to do the garrison in the next expansion. As you shouldn't have old content be your you know an integral part of your gameplay. It shouldn't no. be done. It it would literally be like if you still had to go and like do quests for like you know some cataclysm faction.
1: You had to now. go do the Dalaran raid quests.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I would like the mission table to stick around though. I mean, yeah, like in new some missions aspect, and but... That's one thing I would love to see continue from Warlords.
0: Honestly, I honestly I think there is an there's a level of play in the garrison that you can extend forward and and you just need to make it so it isn't so all consuming. Yeah. Like I think the garrison the biggest problem with the garrison is that it does too much.
1: Way too much. It does everything. You don't need to leave it because everything happens there.
2: It's actually interesting because I I can't source this right now live on the air, but I remember an interview where they said in early testing for World of Drain, like very early play testing, like internal testing, garrisons weren't as all-encompassing. And the yeah. testers were like, hey, you should extend this thing to everything. And they're like, that's a great idea. Let's was, include everything. Was that
1: like a Stockton
0: interview, I want to say? I think so, yeah. And the thing and, is, the garrison mechanically, the garrison is extremely elegant and well-designed. Like, I'm, I have my problems with what it does, but not with how it does it. Um, the, the garrison is, like, it's every so often I stop and look and think about, if there was just a game that was the garrison that was released, I might play that game. I would not play that game. I might because I've
2: seen people play games like it. I would like play
1: it. that game for like about a week and then I would take it off my phone. It's
2: like um Is it a
1: phone game?
2: <laughs> what is it? Animal Crossing?
1: Yeah, it uh, is pretty it a is a little bit, yeah, also. a little I th- honestly Animal Crossing
0: was more engaging. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, that's the, thing, the problem the garrison has, and I, don't, I want us to move along at some point, but the problem with the garrison is that it, it, it doesn't allow for you to do stuff that, like, cross-player stuff. Imagine if you could trade followers, or if you could go to each other's garrisons and do missions there that you don't have at your own thing. Or, you know, like the archaeology, the way archaeology works in Animal Crossing, where you can dig stuff up and then you could give it to a friend or whatever. There's, there's room for, like, that kind of thing that the garrison doesn't do. The garrison doesn't do cross-player play. And that's a shame.
2: You know, I uh, still want regular old player housing. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. Like this I is, this is over like the, this thing where you have to do these work orders and all that, I would rather just have a house that I can decorate and I go out in the world in quest for some is, new chairs.
1: Yeah, and see this is this is the point this is what I wanted. the point that I was like aiming towards with my the editorial that I still need to get around to doing is that we asked them for player housing Basically, we asked them for a shoebox, and we said, we would like a shoebox, please. And they said, oh, you want a shoebox? Okay, we'll go ahead and do that. And then they handed us, like, a land shark. <laughs> that's, that's nothing at all. It, it, maybe you could fit a shoebox inside of it, yeah, but does it actually work like it? No. No. It's like they heard what we said, they saw what we wanted, and then they gave us something else entirely and said, here... Aren't you happy? And it, it's, not, it's not working. We have I mean, no reason to leave the garrison because everything that we can do, we can do in the garrison. The only thing that the garrison is lacking right now is a barber shop. <laughs> I still and, have to know, go to a capital city for that. There are so many people
2: who farm mountains and pets and go crazy trying to get them all. Why not just give me some drapes to collect? I don't collect drapes. And, like, I, throw rugs I and want couches?
1: See, and I, what I'd like to see is Wildstar's housing system. I'm sorry. I mean, Wildstar has its good points and its bad points, obviously. But And it is going free-to-play. Did you guys hear about that? It's going free oh, yeah. in the fall. Yep. Anyway, the thing that I liked about Wildstar, the thing that really caught me almost immediately, there were two things. Double jump. I thought double jump was the most amazing thing in the world. Um just because I'm ridiculous about hitting my space bar, player housing. Player housing was fantastic. You went into this little instance world that had its own little chat channel so you could talk to people and stuff. But as you were out in the world doing your quests and things, you were picking up pieces of furniture and you could just customize and build whatever. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. Raids, um, one of our writers, our staff writers, one of the things that he did in his player housing It was like Rainbow Road, but all he used was neon beer signs. He put in as many neon beer signs as he could, and he just made this racetrack that went up and down and around, and it was like a box of Legos, right? That's what that was. That's what that housing unit was. It was a box of Legos, and you could just go nuts with it. It was separate from the game. There was a little bit of feed in because to get the pieces, you had to play the game, right? That's what we want. Like, yeah, that's it, it. it. I remember <laughs> I'll, I'll be flying
0: there. Well, I'll be straight up and honest with you. I don't want that.
1: Yeah, you don't I, want that. But the thing is, is no, but, it's but, a it's totally a, optional thing. And even totally. if you don't want to play it, and you don't want to go in there, and you don't want to do anything with it, those furniture pieces that you pick up, you can sell them on the auction house, make some money off of it.
0: I'm just going. What I'm trying to say is that there is something I do want, though, out of player housing. What's that? What I've always wanted, and what I've always been surprised they haven't given us is, Make it so the stuff I've done over the years reflects in my house.
1: Like I, I I was the guy,
0: I was the guy who was totally into the idea of once you clean out a dungeon, you can move in. That'd be cool. I've always loved that idea. I don't get why there isn't an instance version of Blackrock Depths that I don't own. I can go down and see my little dwarf friends and be like, hey guys, how's it going? They're like, you enslaved us. Yes, I did. I killed <laughs> all your leaders and now this place is mine. I'm going to go upstairs. I also killed all them and took over their place too. So, I'm going to go sit on the Farian throne. Ah, this is comfy. You know, and maybe not actually do that, but like people have wanted forever. They wanted buildings that fit their their faction and fit them. Like I'm playing a blood elf. Why do I have to live in in, in ork town?
1: You know? See, that's the part about uh, particularly like with the Wild Star part. You could you could get different houses. You could purchase different houses that, with that different architectural awesome styles.
0: You could do that and with WoW and, like, have them be, like, the elf
1: Astrolab Tower. Just have them, yeah. you know, plenty it to go in. To go. Give them a box of Legos and they will be happy for Like ever. a
2: residential district in each capital city that's just instanced or phased or whatever.
1: Yeah. I honestly
0: feel like if garrisons had been set up so that you had to travel through a common hub with a lot of other players to get to them, they'd feel more alive. They would. not
2: and- and I think that there's so many things going on in the garrison that it contributes to you never leaving the garrison. Whereas if you had a house that had limited activities in it, but to decorate it, you had to go out in the world. Right. Well, then people wouldn't be AFKing in their house. They'd be out in the world, and then they go to their house when they want to you know, set up shop.
1: I, yeah. I hardly ever go to Warspear because there's no reason for me to go to Warspear. Everything- Those towns suck. Everything that's available in War Spear is available in my garrison. There is no reason for me to leave my garrison. Yeah, the,
0: only, the only thing, and we're going to move on at this point because I honestly feel like this is another subject we could talk about all day. Yeah, probably. And I want to use some other emails. But sure. I, I will agree that um, I think to a degree what we're saying is they have to make the garrison obsolete nest expansion because we've been trapped in it. Oh, oh, God,
1: don't leave me there. Don't yeah. leave me there. Let so me leave. Let me please, go somewhere else. Give me a reason to. It.
0: Yeah, please don't make it so that we have to stay in the garrison. I think it's just general <laughs> feeling here. I'm going to actually jump to the last mail of the email, because a lot of times the last mail doesn't get read, and I always feel bad for it. So, okay. This is Richard from Malaria. Just ding 90 on my first horde tune and noticed something odd. After getting through the Khadgar s- smash fest and building my garrison, there are green frost wolf orcs in my garrison. Am I the only one that finds this odd? Did they already drink the Gul'dan Kool-Aid or is this just a glitch? Love the show and glad that you're all back. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you, Richard. Uh, and it's your fault, Richard. You brought the corruption with you and you corrupted them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a glitch.
1: It it's has a, to be a glitch. I've never seen that.
2: Yeah.
0: It's either a glitch or it's just, you know, they've used like one or two green models instead of brown. Just, you know.
2: I, I it think seems have- Wasn't there something like that in Burning Crusade where a couple of the Orc NPCs were red? Yeah, and red orcs are clearly like the bad guys.
1: They were the fell orc models for some reason. It could be
0: as simple as your computer not loading the proper texture. It could be you know check your
1: video drivers on your graphics card. It <laughs> could be a lot just of- came out with an update. <laughs>
0: yeah. It could be the fact that the game. I don't know the the new system for the game storage is different. I don't know how it how it keeps stuff in your computer anymore. But it used to be that the game you know loads everything from your computer to speed up. You know, so you didn't have to load everything from a distant server, and this could mean sometimes it would cache stuff, and you'd see stuff that didn't make sense. Like I remember doing Sunken Temple, and all the big trolls were like they had like normal troll textures on them, so they looked ridiculous. They were it all was stretched weird.
1: out. Yeah, you remember this? Yeah. Or like when this like faces wouldn't load right. They so um. Yeah. It was actually kind of funny because all throughout the Warlords of Draenor beta. <laughs> You'd is- find NPCs that that were like the textures and the models didn't match up, and they looked really strange.
2: So um, this is maybe crazy, but uh, could those orcs not be the Drainer's frostwolves? Or they're just orcs from Azeroth that came through the portal when you built your garrison.
0: It's possible. I don't. I don't remember because what the honest.
1: green orcs?
2: Yeah,
1: frostwolf orcs. No, because if they're fr- frostwolf orcs, then. Well, they could
0: be our Frostwolves. That would be weird as heck, though.
2: Well, it says after getting through the Khadgar smash fest and building the garrison. And when you build the garrison, it's a bunch of people from Azeroth who come through and hang out. with Yeah,
1: but if they're listed as a Frostwolf orc, then why would they... Well, I guess they could be, like, Azeroth's Frostwolf orcs, but... The Frostwolves never drank the green Kool-Aid, though. Thrall's Uh, green. But Thrall's green, and they did turn green, because Durotan and Draka turned green. Maybe there are Frostwolves. I don't know. That's weird. Yes. So yeah, basically the answer is it's probably
0: some kind of mix-up, but we don't know what kind. So, all right, next email. Hail good podcasters! I'm jumping around to try and get through them without like you know, unduly favoring the for ones I first picked first. Okay. Hail good, good podcasters of Blizzard Watch! In the recent Hazacostas interview, they asked the following yes or no question. Is 6.2 the last patch of Warlords? To which has replied, we have plenty more story to tell after this. The fact that he doesn't say yes makes me think he was trying to give a non-answer that sounded positive. If asked about that quote in 7.0, he could easily say I was referring to future expansions. I find it hard to trust anything Blizzard says about WoW now, and I know I'm not the only one. Do you really think there will be anything substantial for Warlords of Draenor after 6.2? I'm personally expecting something akin to the garbage of 6.1. Thanks. Uh, Way too spooky... Undead rogue. Well, I'm
2: sorry, you're too spooky. Spooky. Uh, answer this question. Too spooky for me.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they're actually attempting to fool us. I, I don't. They, Blizzard sometimes plays it close to the vest, but they don't necessarily.
1: They're not like out to try and trick you with a patch. That just they are not- trying to trick you. They're trying to give a reasonable answer without boxing themselves into a corner that they can't get back out of. Yeah. Um, we Just that's PR.
2: <laughs> I'm mean, going to be honest, like personally, Warlords a drainer. It feels like they give a lot of answers like this, and I'm tired of it.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: Like, um, what well, was it, Chilton? That just like he just said stuff in an interview that was just a lie because he didn't want to actually answer the question.
1: It's like they know.
2: they they're giving these interviews in Warlords, but they don't want to say anything, and. It hasn't felt like that in any previous expansions, just Warlords. Like, an interviewer who is there, because Blizzard said, hey, I want you to interview our developers, and the, the publication says, okay. The publication asks the question, and Blizzard goes, ha ha, I'm not going to answer that, because I'm not going to say anything about this expansion. I'm sick of it. That's, a, that's what Warlords has been.
1: And it's kind of, you know, in a way, obviously, Missa Pandaria, the thing that I thought was like one of the biggest mistakes of Mr. Pandaria was was revealing who the final boss was going to be before the expansion even came out, you know, and and I said there's there's an element of surprise there that you should keep and hold and foster. This I, is not fostering an element of surprise here. See, this is just irritating I, a lot of people. Personally, <laughs> I didn't have a problem with knowing who the last boss was. I did, but that's we, because I mean, I'm looking at it from a story standpoint. You know, well, for, uh, Even,
2: like, I was super into the story in, like, Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King. Like, I was writing Know Your Lore at that time. It didn't upset me that I knew we were going to fight the Lich King at the end of Wrath of the Lich King. Right. Like, uh, we knew that. That didn't ruin anything. Uh, we knew, you know, we were going to kill Illidan. That didn't ruin it. Yeah, but I, I'm willing
0: to argue that that doesn't ruin it in some cases, but it does in others. Um, for Miss of Pandaria, knowing that Garrosh was the end boss was an enormous mistake. It's straight up...
1: It, because you was, didn't watch yeah. his journey to that role of end boss. You just waited for him to get there. Yeah, the, for Miss of Pandaria, knowing that it ended
0: in in Orgrimmar, it, it basically ruined what was a mid-season twist for the expansion. This expansion led you to a certain point where Garrosh was acting kind of aggressive, but he wasn't acting out of character and then you and get then
1: to 5.1 a, and yeah. that he scenario starts his with turn.
0: Oh, yeah. He starts his heel turn around that time. And it's, if, if taken away from the knowledge of what the expansion was going to be. That would have been was, just
1: a. <gasps>
0: yeah. Because it was him abandoning all those principles of honor and so forth. And we've, I, talked, we've talked before about how that was, that was back and forth contrast between developers that didn't know what the other developer was, wanted to do. We've talked about that. How
2: Garrosh was kind of a dick since Wrath of the Lich King. So yeah, but
1: that's you could have a leader who's a dick, and it actually works didn't just expect fine. him to turn on his own people, though. And, no. and the, the people were expecting him to do it because they were told, "Yeah, this is what's going to happen. We're going to turn on him." But I mean, that's kind of getting off topic. The main thing is, is well, I think it, it like works said, for here
0: too because I was just looking at the. Uh,
1: I'm actually looking
0: right now at the quote. That we're talking about is from the Polygon art interview, uh-huh. and it, it's you know we've got plenty of non, of more story to be told after this. Hazakas says when asked whether the patch 6.2 will be the last big content update for War as a Draenor. Now, obviously, yes, he does not say there will be a patch 6.3. No, does not he say doesn't want
1: to pin pin himself yes. into if they decide that they don't really need to do that. They're kind of working off the fly. I just I get the feeling, you yeah,
0: know. It, it's different than in Mists. It felt like they had a beginning to end plan. Yeah. Like, the expansion was planned out. It was meticulously planned out. Tell me honestly that you saw Archimond coming as as the end boss of the 6.2 raid. That you really knew, oh yeah, Archimond totally would
1: be the end boss of this raid. Because uh, I didn't. I, I figured he was going to show up, but that's because they put in the Burning Legion missive. And
2: yeah. I might have been willing to actually speculate and think about the story of Tom Chilton's head and said, from Hell'scream is the end boss of. Oh, see,
1: I didn't believe Tom Chilton because I just don't believe Tom. Chilton.
2: <laughs> I just wouldn't expect <laughs> the developers to just lie.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they lied so much as
0: maybe they didn't even know. Well, oh, that's kind of like that's how
1: I. He was whether it's true or not out there, you know, it was whether like... it's
2: true or not. That's how I feel with the, their their inability to answer these questions. It feels like they have no idea what they're doing, and yeah. they must they must have something in development. But the fact yeah. that We've always known beforehand, and now they won't say anything. It feels like they don't know anything. Either they don't
0: know, or they think they're going to surprise the heck out of us with what they're doing. One or the other. And keep in mind too, one of the funny things is that old Blizzard, going back to like two thousand four, two thousand five, used to be great at not telling us stuff was coming. Yeah. Like remember the time when they would like actually when they revealed StarCraft two, and people did web comics about how they must plant bombs in their employees' heads to keep this from leaking. Yeah, <laughs> and then we suddenly, and it, it changed so dr- so drastically around the time of like Warlords, and then I mean of, of Wrath, and then Cataclysm. The Cataclysm spoilers were thick and fast. Yeah, and and you guys remember when they were doing Warlords of Draenor at BlizzCon, and they were revealing it. People were like, it, it felt an awful lot like an announcement that they were doing that everyone already knew was coming out. And really, it almost, yeah, kind of did. It felt an well, like awful thing it. Is.
2: Blizzard is a lot leakier than anybody cares to admit. But a lot of in a lot of cases it's people don't say anything out of respect. But all it takes is one person blabbing everything It's like, okay, the whole thing's spoiled. Yeah. So, I mean, how many people work at Blizzard know about this stuff? And probably plenty all. of people outside of Blizzard know because of that. They just don't say anything because it's the
0: Yeah, if your friend high, tells your friend there is just like, you know, man. If you tell anyone this, I could lose my job. And they're like, yeah, okay, man. I won't say nothing. That kind of yeah, thing.
2: It's like, okay, I appreciate you telling me. That's cool, but I'm not going to go get you fired. Yeah. And, but once in a while, you get somebody who is going to be a jerk and blow the whole thing. And, and yeah.
0: As far as your question, we don't. Uh, we're all basically you can tell by what we're saying that each of us is on a different, a slightly different frequency of. We have no idea. Like I think, I think Anne's probably closer to the truth than either Alex or myself. But we both, we all three of us have kind of a sense of,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we're going to see something after six point two. Yeah, but what I'll is it going to be? I'll out I think we're going to see something after six point two. My what crazy is gonna prediction
2: be? is we're going to see a new expansion announcement at Gamescom instead of BlizzCon. No, and they don't want to leak that.
1: Mm. that would be interesting. But I think that we're going to see like something else after what goes on because yeah. No year lore this week is going to be interesting. I'm I'll saying Gamescom
2: <laughs> I'm saying Gamescom because if they don't announce before BlizzCon, they're just back to the two year expansion cycle again.
1: That's true.
2: And if they're back to the two year expansion cycle again, um why did they like double the size of their team for World of the Drainer, which is it's not shown at warlords so it has to be in the next one
1: why how how did they double the size of the team for warlords and come up with like a drastically smaller number of quests i just i don't know what were they doing
0: (laughs) next email is from tanchi the troll monk from argent Dawn eu and tanchi thank you for having a name that i'm reasonably certain i got okay um Hello, Blizzwatchers. Watchers. Uh, a somewhat newer listener here coming to you with a question regarding Warlord's Adrenaline story, more specifically on how it compares to that of the previous expansion, Mists of Pandaria. Would you say that the Mists of Pandaria story department was more successful than Draenor's? Whatever the answer, can you pinpoint the factors as to why? This can go from the premise of the story, the setting, the writing of the characters and quest dialogue, lore quality and quantity of your own categories. As someone who immensely enjoys the story content within Mysts of Pandaria over Draenor's, I'm interested to hear your opinion of this. Uh, thank you for keeping up the good work. Uh, you've already managed to earn a spot amongst my go to podcasts, so let's do a playing while.
2: WoW. My thank opinion. You, is quick and shallow, so I'm just gonna get it out of the way before you two go crazy. I didn't like Missa Pandaria entirely because I don't like Pandaren. I, okay. I dislike them so much that it doesn't matter how good Missa Pandarosir was. I did. I couldn't get into it.
0: Okay. And
1: I'm gonna let you go actually because otherwise I'm just gonna go on and on. All there right.
0: I think Missa um, Pandaria was better at realizing its story than Warlords of Draenor has been and I think that's because Mr. Pandaria had patches that were dedicated to story development, that it had, um, the amazing patch 5.1 system where it basically threw a new entire, really different way to get story content at people that it did. it. it did so in a timely and interesting fashion. It followed it up with 5.2 and 5.3, both of which, you know, had more story elements to them. 5.2 in particular, the Isle of Thunder, uh, did, did a really good job of advancing the story. Um, in general, although I think there were missteps uh, along the way, I think Mr. Pandaria just sim- quite simply did a better job of giving you its story, of showing you this is what's going on, this is the world, these are the events. That being said, I like, Miss- like World of Draenor better purely because I like the story that I am being told, but I'm upset with how I'm being told it. I uh, have real problems with how the story is unfolded. I, for instance, I think the level—I've said it before, and I'll say it again—the leveling in Warlords of Draenor was beautiful. I loved it. I really had a great time. I thought it was great. I liked my my Draenei getting to experience what he experienced. I loved the zones. I thought they were really well done. I liked the objectives. I thought a lot of it was really great. And the, it only started to fall apart for me once I was like level 100, and all I could really do for story is wait for the Garrison campaign to rigidly time itself out and that was basically it like there's no real story in the raids there kind of is but it's it's mostly about you know collecting chunks for a magic ring really and i Killing just feels orkish
2: middle management
0: it, the, the thing is is you know i really honestly feel like one of the biggest missteps was in how we've gotten the warlords they shouldn't have been raid bosses yet they shouldn't have been in these raids. Uh, Bladefist, in particular, makes zero sense where he shows up. I mean, I get that the Ogres have an arena, but him going back to the arena is roughly the equivalent of, like, it, it's just, no, you don't do that anymore. Your job is to be a bad guy, not not to go get killed first thing in the expansion. He's literally the first guy we kill. No. Mists did a better job. Well,
1: technically Ner'zul was the... Yeah. He not even a raid, he was it, just dungeon. I, I wanted to ignore that. But okay, yeah, you're right. There are
2: still all the theories that neither Ner'zhul or Gorfine, or Terran, whatever.
0: Well, or, well, we know Terran isn't dead.
1: Yeah, yeah we don't right. know about Ner'zhul yet. But, um, I mean, in general, I mean, I'm
0: going
2: to let Andrew explain... new model is stupid. Yeah. I'm
0: going to let Ian go at this point because I'm pretty sure she has to say, well, in some ways agree, in some ways disagree with what I'm saying. But for for me, Warlords' disappointment hasn't been the story so much as how it's being told.
1: Yeah. And um, honestly, that's pretty much where I'm going to go with it. It's not a matter of – it's how the story is presented. And you know, you back away – you have to back away from what the story was. Like, you had to back away from the whole, oh, there were Pandaren, oh, there was this... You just have to look at it from, like, building blocks, I guess. You have to, like, take a step back and just kind of look at it analytically. And when you look at it analytically, a lot of the problems of, like, say, oh, Cataclysm. Cataclysm had a lot of building blocks, but they were scattered and there wasn't actually, like, a defining thread that pulled them all together not one that we could easily see. It was there, it just wasn't given to us. You know? Yeah, I, I'd agree you with had you to there. Look at it and yeah. really look at it. Miss Pandaria, you- the way that they set up Miss Pandaria, they had the building blocks, they had the thread, the thread led us through the thing, and nowhere nowhere as good as 5.1. And I know I say this all the time, but the thing that I loved about 5.1 was that, yeah, you had the pointless dailies that you did, but every other day you were getting a chunk of story. Not only were you getting a chunk of story, it was a chunk of story that contributed to that main storyline and then you had this little narrator dude right you had the it was either the dwarf or the hosen that would fly out where you needed to go and just in case you forgot about what was what you just did a couple of days ago they would fill you in and they would talk about how cool it was that you did that thing so you were never really lost through that 5.1 experience i
0: gotta say this and i because i think it's something that really fits into that Mm -hmm. the whole
1: the fact that you got it every other day
0: Yeah, you have to wait a week for
1: it. You You didn't didn't, have to wait. You know, you had no time to forget about it, really, Um, because people retain information on different levels, and you know, some people remember things from week to week. I usually remember things from week to week. It's just the longer I go without being introduced to something new, the less I care about that new thing. And five point one was about the perfect pace where it was like, oh, good, I get a new goodie every other day. And it felt really rewarding, and it felt really solid. And the story felt really solid, just from, it was, you know, building block thread, building block thread, building block thread. And that's how it should go. Warlords did that with the leveling experience for the most part. I missed my garrison
2: campaign quest for, like, almost a month, because it was down in that druid cave in the Alliance Garrison. Yeah, so I never go on over there. Why is that quest down there? I missed it for a month.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is is the leveling experience in Warlords. It kind of Gorgrond was kind of a misstep. It felt like a misstep to me. But when you go and you look at the other zones, like Shadowmoon Valley, or even Spires of a Rock, was beautifully done. There was that weird little piece at the end but it was mostly beautifully done where it was like you got a building block you met a person they said we need to go do this other thing here's why we need to do it and there was that thread that led you to the next block and it did that all the way through the leveling experience all the way up to where you kill Garrosh and then you hit level 100 and suddenly you don't know where the building blocks are anymore you're not sure where they're at sometimes you catch a glimpse of one there's no thread like actually connecting any of them and you're just sort of lost and you feel lost. That's the only way I can describe it. It's it's whatever whoever's putting together the story out there, they did it right with the leveling experience and then they just lost it at endgame. Why why do you have to
0: go find these quests? You are the commander of a military outposts. People should come
1: to you. People should come to you, but more importantly, you know I I mentioned in Know Your Lore, when I was writing uh, the Know Your Lore, about uh, this whole story problem that we've got at Endgame. There's a couple of problems. And one of the statements that I made is that what I've really learned so far from Warlords of Draenor is that being in charge really sucks. Because when you're in charge, (laughs) you don't really have anything significant to do. You get other people to do it for you. That's how being in charge works on Azeroth apparently um, not how it works out in the weir- real world you got all kinds of things that you're doing usually but it doesn't feel like it in- on Azeroth um, and the other thing is it, it they spent so much time making this leveling experience so amazing that I was absolutely convinced that when we hit level 100 we would see that same level of quality and we don't and that that really confuses me because people spend, you know, when you look at the entirety, the ex- the expanse of an expansion, when you're looking at like a two-year expansion cycle, right, you spend the first, what, like two, three months tops leveling, and then the rest of it is spent at max level, and that's where you should have all that stuff, and the fact that it's not there is weird.
2: <laughs> it often feels like there's Two completely different groups of people that do the really? level up content and the people who do the max level content, and the people who do the level up content are amazing, and the people who do the max level content. Where did they be go? I wonder where the
1: leveling people went because they disappeared. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know where they <laughs> like, went. They're, like if they just get working moved on, on to
2: the next one.
0: If they're currently working on the next expansion, which we've been told they are, then those people are probably busy designing new zones. Uh, great, you know, I, but I mean,
1: meanwhile be, we're sitting here.
0: Yeah, and it, it, I I really think the the story of of Mr. Pandaria, I would actually say that as an overall story, it's, it's it's very hard for me to judge story divorced from its telling. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go to see a movie and the idea of the movie is really interesting, but the movie is not good, like the the cinematography is terrible and the acting is bad, it's hard to divorce that from well, what were they trying to say. And yeah, that's, see, that's, and
1: I like looking at. I look at it on those different. That's how I yeah. look at things all the time, especially when you're dealing with an ongoing, perpetual story. You kind of have to look at it from that aspect.
0: From that perspective, I would say that Warlords of Draenor has a better story than Mists of Pandaria. But from the I
1: perspective, we've gotten to the end here, and like I said, there well, are the thing. building the, blocks all over the place. There's nothing holding them together. And there 's the nothing tying us to any of them
0: we 're just yeah. sort of floating there see that 's the thing is like in terms of like the execution of it, which I think that is part of the thing. I think the building blocks' connection is the execution, at least in my the way I look at it. mist did it better, and there 's no disputing this mists I knew how I felt about it, I knew what was happening i uh, I remember like one of the things that re- I really remember to this day is when you went in. To the, to the last raid, when you went into Siege of Orgrimmar, and you weren't in Siege yet, you were in the Vale still. Yeah. You, you come upon the, the protectors. Ugh. And that's one of the most poignant moments in that raid, because they were just trying to do their job and protect the Vale, and now you've got to kill them. And they, like, they reference back to stuff they said when they were quest givers.
1: When they were the Golden Lotus quest yeah. givers, yeah.
0: That's just, it's an example of, it's not a big
1: story moment. But it tied back. It, there was just, the thread. It tied back. It pulled it together and it was just it like gut punch. Emotional. Mm.
0: Yeah, I just remember there was like this I was reading about Kyle Massek who was the guy that came up with Robotech for the United States market when anime was coming over back in the 80s and 90s. I think it's actually the late 70s for Robotech but I'm not sure. And one of the things that the person was talking about was how there are these little moments that don't directly feed into the story. Like characters make little comments and so forth that just he, he his example he gave was like, you know, a, a woman saves a soldier from being killed by robots, and after she leaves, the guy goes, Man, I wish I'd met her in peacetime. And it's just this little bit that doesn't contribute to the story at all, but it, it shows that that's a person. And that's the, what makes
2: the characters real.
0: Yeah, and the protectors are an example of this, because ultimately, killing the protectors or fighting them or whatever isn't the point. It's the point that you knew them. There's that guy who always gave me that horrible quest. I had to fly all the way over there and try and get those stupid hoes in to stop taking people's kegs there's that woman you know she used to give me the daily to go ride the giant ball and they you know that's something warlords has tried to do and they did it in leveling like Rolcon. like i know who RuleCon is you know yeah I remember, you know Rulcon's like one of my favorite followers because you know we'd had that whole bit where she took me down to the cave and showed me what nirzul had done and how it broke her heart and i'm like yeah that really sucks and so i you know but then i'm not what am i doing with Rulcon? i'm sending her on missions
1: you this, know? Is, this is the entire reason why I hate the fact that Gar- Garona is a follower. Like, why is she a follower? Why is she following us? <laughs> what's What's the point of her following us exactly? It's like it's like they. This once they become a follower, they are a mindless drone that says the same thing to you every time you walk by. I you think know? I,
2: I use as few established characters as my followers as possible because Me too. I think having Like, the the ones you get from just the regular quest givers or the ones you get from the inn, it feels more like they are part of my story. Whereas, if it's somebody who is established becomes my follower, it's I killed their story.
0: Except Archmage Vargoth. It's totally okay that he's a follower. Yeah, Vargoth is cool. You know why? I'll tell you why it's okay he's a follower. Because he never did anything.
1: (laughs) Sat in a tower for multiple years. This is I actually- always thought it was okay that he was a follower because, like, when you went to find his pieces and stuff, he was trying to get to us anyway. So it's like, okay, you're here now. Now work for me.
0: <laughs> All right. that's pretty. I think we've pretty much talked about that to the level we can. And I think we've answered your question as best we can. I think the general consensus is Alex hates everything. Uh, and Ann and I basically Just think – yeah, and well, yeah, but we'll come up with something you'd hate next week. It's fine. We know. Well, yeah. Anne and I generally think that Mister Pandaria at least executed its story better. I think Anne probably thinks it was an overall better story. Am I talking for you, or am I right?
2: I thought the zones were beautiful. I just didn't care what the Pandaren were doing in or around them.
0: Okay, but I was actually asking Anne, like, it, we're, we're, final call. You Mr. and Pandaria I are kind the, of
1: on the same level as far as execution. Okay. Yes. Alright,
0: so that's the show, and uh, as always, if you want to send an email to the show, uh, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, and uh, as always, this is the point where I'm going to ask Alex to talk about our Patreon, because you know, without our Patreon, we don't exist.
2: Yes, if you want to support the show and Blizzard Watch in general and everything we do, you can uh, support us at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Um, It's a monthly thing. You can give as much or as little as you want, pays for a podcast, articles, all that. And if you have any questions for the podcast, you can send it to that email Rossi mentioned, or you can just leave it as a comment on Patreon, and I'll get to it. Okay.
0: Well, and that's it. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew Rossi. Alex and Anne say goodbye.
2: Goodbye, everybody.